Star Wars 7x7 episode 1403. Today, we're going to talk about Canto Bite this week, and it's because of a theory that I've been quietly nursing. Punch it, Chewie. Hey there, this is Tim McMahon, Alan's co-host from the Expanded Comicverse podcast. But hey, you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, a daily Star Wars podcast, seven minutes a day, seven days a week. How awesome is that? Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So, we're talking about Canto Bite this week, and the reason why that we're going to be talking about Canto Bite on the podcast this week is because I've been nursing a little pet theory, and it's this. The scenes that we see in Solo A Star Wars Story, where Han meets up with Kira, and we also know that uh, Tobias Beckett, and that's Woody Harrelson's character, of course, and Chewie also appear in that swanky nightclub scene. We don't yet know where that is actually taking place. We haven't been given a planet name, but it is rather deserty, I will point out. And so is Cantonica, the place where Canto Bight is in The Last Jedi. And there is also an ocean of sorts that we can see, and there is one on Cantonica too. It is artificially created. It was the largest artificial ocean in the galaxy, as has been said in <laughs> some <laughs> material somewhere. And so it gives me pause because I'm just wondering what the chances are that we might see Cantonica again in Solo, A Star Wars Story. It's exactly the kind of place where people like Solo, like Tobias Beckett, like Kira, would find themselves because... As much as it's a playground for the rich and powerful, it's also a playground for people who might prey upon the rich and powerful, if you get what I mean. And so we're going to go back this week and look at at least four stories, maybe five, maybe five. I just have to double check whether I actually covered the DJ most wanted situation or not. I believe I did, but... I'll double check. Anyway, at least for the first four days of the week, we're going to talk about the Canto Bite short stories that were published together in that collection as part of the Journey to the Last Jedi. And we're starting off with Saladin Ahmed's Rules of the Game story. Now, this is a full spoiler podcast, so if you have not read the story, then by all means, save this podcast for a later date if you don't want it spoiled for you and you, you know, do want to go read it. But if you're okay with me telling you what the details are, then let's just dive into it because it will give you some idea of the kinds of scams that are being conducted in and around Canto Bight and perhaps give us an idea of what kind of scams we might encounter in Solo a Star Wars story as well. So the story focuses on Kedpen Shocklop, who is just a you know random person who won the Sales Being of the Year award at his company VaporTech. And it turns out that he actually manipulated this because he's been being conned by people at VaporTech for a number of years, like you know, decades, maybe even a whole century's worth of cheating him out of an award that he is rightfully deserved and he finally turns the tables and manages to make it happen. So he wins an all-expenses-paid two-week trip to Canto Bight and he's in trouble immediately and it turns out that he is identified very quickly as, you know, just a run-of-the-mill tourist 
who can be preyed upon by every type of criminal there is out there. He gets scammed out of his luggage and charged a luggage fee by some ne'er-do-well who then you know pretends to be nice and shuttling him off someplace, and yeah, that doesn't work out very well. Then he gets conned into going into some you know spa-looking sort of place where he gets thrown in synth mud, which you know cleans them up very well, but I guess it just sucks all of his money out of him too basically is what it comes down to um he's trying to do the right thing he's like oh i guess i agreed to this and just you know gives up all of his money just about but in the meantime what's happening is a larger story there's a guy named Ankang lahet who has been working various criminal jobs for almost as long as kedpin has been working for vapor tech and to just decide that he is finally done with everything, he needs to pull one last job. Isn't it always the way? He used to be with the Syndicate, so that's one of the big criminal organizations that we have in the Star Wars galaxy, but is no longer, and yet, because he's freelance, he still has to take care of himself here and there, as long as he doesn't tread on the Syndicate's toes or anything like that. And so he's got a job from the old City Boys, which is one of the older, smaller gangs that operates on Canto Bight. They want him to take out a rather cruel and corrupt police officer within the Cantobite Police Department called Officer Brog, B-R-A-W-G. And they're very particular about how they want it done. It has to be on one particular night, and it has to be an explosion, and he has to be the only casualty. No other police casualties. So the way Ang Kang figures out how to do this is to have a micro-ingestible thermal detonator, a detonating device, and it turns out Kedpin is the poor schlub who is going to get pressed into service. And so I guess they said, you know, as long as Brog is the only Canto Bite policeman who gets destroyed in the explosion, then that's fine. But any bystanders, no problem. So unfortunately for Kedpin, he becomes the mark. But Kedpin is not going to die on this night because as it turns out, Ang Kang starts to get a little bit of a crisis of conscience about this, that this is not the way that he wants to end his own criminal career. Especially when he starts, you know, turning on the eavesdropping on Kedpin and Brog when they're in the cell together, so that way he can pick the precise moment at which to trigger the detonator and kill Brog and also kill Kedpin for that matter. But the fact that Kedpin got in there has to do with um, Ang Kang planting spice on him, on Kedpin, and then calling in an anonymous tip saying, oh, you got a spice slinger in here, and getting Kedpin hauled off to Kanto by a police department. So that's how they are in the same place together. But Brog senses that something is off about this situation, says, you know, you couldn't be a spice slinger all by yourself. you got to have somebody connected with you on this. And Kedpin's running this through his head, going, you know, did Ang Kang do this to me? You know, I don't know. And, you know, maybe somebody else did it. But I'm getting horribly treated by this guy, Brog, who is actually, like, throwing him around, kicking him, punching him, and all this stuff. And he has a moment of con <laughs> conscience himself and says, you know... I didn't do this, I have nothing to do with this, but, you know, I'm not going to, you know, tell you any names of anyone or anything because I'm not going to let you hurt anyone else. And Ang Kang hears this, and that's the thing that makes him go, darn it, I can't do it. <laughs> I just can't do it. And so, unfortunately, the job doesn't get done for Ang Kang, and that's going to cause him problems, naturally. First, he has to go into the Cantobite Police Department and pretend to be 
one of the members of the syndicate, which he's not really supposed to be doing, but he's hoping that he can still get away with a few indulgences here and there. And he essentially buys the freedom of Kedpin Shocklop with the advance that he'd been given to pull off this job. So, you know, he does the right thing, but Kedpin now thinks that he's being sold into slavery and is just really freaking out about the situation. And Ang Kang says, nope, you know, I was trying to kill you earlier, but I and doesn't really explain to him that he's going to do the right thing after all. Instead, they're trying to, you know, walk away, and they get cornered by some of the old city boys. They are Clatoonians, and you might remember Klaatu, for example, in Return of the Jedi, one of the skiff guards at Jabba's palace, so it's five or six of them, and they are going to have their way with Ang Kang, and it ain't going to go well. And he tells Kedpin to leave, and so far, you know, he's like, okay, I'm going to leave. But then, at the last minute, Kedpin says to himself, like, I can't just let him go. He just got me out of jail and all this, even though he was trying to kill me, that he did the right thing and came and rescued me. So I don't know what that's about. So he throws himself back into the fray. Naturally, he's just, you know, a random little salesperson. He can't do anything against these Clatoonians, but it's enough of a distraction that Ang Kang is able to grab a stun stick and get the best of the rest of the Clatoonians. And so they end up spending the rest of the evening together going to a Fathia race and winning that um, Kessel Runner. <laughs> Great name for a Fathia to win on, right? And so it turns out that that's the Fathia that Ang Kang advised Kedpin to bet on. There's no background given on it, like, you know, I got a tip on something or anything like that. It's just, you know, a good lucky bet. And he wins a year's worth of earnings, that's Kedpin. And they go off and spend a little bit of it at a very high-rent place. And Kedpin decides to share half of the winnings with Ang Kang. And it ends up being one of the most unlikely of friendships developing. And it Turns out to be a neat little story after all. But we find out that, you know, Canto Bites Police Department is a very hospitality-based police department as far as the rich and powerful go. But for anybody who is further down in the food chain, it's less than pleasant and actually aggressively less than pleasant. And we also find out that as the city has grown and as the rich and powerful have come in and made this a playground for themselves away from all the terrible things happening in the galaxy... All of the right kind of people, as Ang Kang likes to think of them, have gone away. It used to be a place where you could kind of lay low, where you could hustle a side gig. Uh, not so much anymore. And so there are still some petty criminals operating here and there, like the old city boys and people associated with them, but not as much as there used to be by any stretch of the imagination. And so as relates to Han Solo and Solo A Star Wars Story... I'm wondering if we're actually going to see any of the old city boys as part of this, and if Dryden Voss has anything to do with them. There's no actual naming of a criminal organization with which Voss is affiliated, so don't necessarily know that just yet, but I like the intriguing possibility thereof. And there's also a reference to a Zord's spa and bathhouse, a zero-gravity massage that Kedpin gets, and I think that might be the same place that if you look at the deleted scenes for The Last Jedi and you see the extended Fathier chase, there's a scene where one of the Fathiers is running along the rooftops. Actually, a bunch of them are. And the one that Rose and Finn are riding on crashes through a glass ceiling into a spa. And I imagine that, you know, because it's a small world in Star Wars, that that's probably Zord's spawn bathhouse that gets interrupted by that crazy chase. 
All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we will finish up Star Wars Day trivia and get back to last Jedi trivia. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. May the 4th is Star Wars Day, and it's also the date of our 1400th episode. So to celebrate all during the month of May, you can get the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book for just $7.77. That's whether you pay in dollars, pounds, or euros, just $7.77 at SW7X7.com slash TFA for the U.S. version of Amazon, or just search for the unofficial Force Awakens trivia book on any European version of Amazon. Welcome back. All right, so yesterday I asked you when Lucasfilm first initially organized or recognized and went along with its first official Star Wars Day. What year? And that was 2013. Today's question for you, what is the first word, the first word of dialogue spoken in The Last Jedi? Thank you so much for listening, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge a Jedi holding the high ground, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if the show's been worth your time, please support us at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a triple amputation, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.